start off by introducing yourself um yeah so just go ahead name social security number politics that kind of thing hi i'm connor this feels like uh what i say at the beginning of interviews like tell me about yourself tell me about yourself I have worked in a few different industries and probably the one that's the most interesting in terms of what we're going to talk about is the tech industry. I saw a few different factories in China. I saw what it takes to to build the products we use every day. And I think I kind of realized that these products aren't really worth the work that goes into them and that kind of jaded me a bit and now i'm kind of trying to figure out what i want to do (laughs) how's that fair enough that's not that's good that's good what's your what's your main political stances just like a quick overview Um, okay so i'll I'll just do hot or not okay so (laughs) israel not <laughs> that's like 80 percent of it that's 80 percent. yeah i mean honestly i want to touch on this later but i'm absolutely down to be a single issue voter there's nothing yeah. wrong with that you know what i mean yeah i mean everyone makes fun of them like i'm a single issue voter and if your issue is justice reform or not giving aid to like dictatorships and autocracies yeah, that's a good yeah. single issue. Yeah, like if, if any issue is a good single issue to vote on, one of them is Israel because it, it's just such a good litmus test for politicians and what they yeah. actually care about, whether they care more about something that's objectively good versus something that they're just getting paid to support. So I absolutely, think- that's a good point. For me personally, that issue is probably the thing that really got me engaged politically or Mm -hmm. or at least into politics because growing up, it was definitely one issue that I disagreed with my friends on and that kind of opened the door into everything else I believe now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty aligned with you. I would say, for the most part, I'm pretty leftist. One thing that I differ with others on is is gun control. I differ with a lot of leftists on that. A lot of them are pro-gun, and I am not. (laughs) I've seen what guns do when, even given their primary function that's in in the Constitution or in the Second Amendment, which is to bear arms against like a tyrannical government, Right. You're not always going to have a tyrannical government. Like eventually those guns are going to find their way to crime. Like I'm talking like Libya. You know what I mean? Libya, you know, you go to any country that's like go- gone through a revolution or a civil war or anything. Right. Those guns eventually kind of end up killing civilians. And in countries where you haven't had a civil war, like recently, like America, mm-hmm. they're only killing civilians. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I'm kind of of the opinion that police should be disarmed as well. 
Oh, 100%. Um, 100%. I, think, I think ideally what you would have in Canada or the US is a very small portion of cops who deal specifically with violent gun situations that have guns, but 95, 99% of cops who are just B cops don't have guns. And I think that would yeah. get, that would help a lot of people feel safer and it would make them feel like they don't need guns themselves to defend themselves. Yeah. I mean, if the people who are defending you have guns, it's hard to make the argument that to defend yourself, you don't need a gun. Yeah, exactly. You know? And that's aside from the idea that I think the entire institution of policing should be kind of disbanded and rebuilt from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, apparently this the police institution started by keeping slaves in place. You know, that's what it was. It was designed really? to catch runaway slaves. Yeah. Didn't so the institution that. started from racist roots. And right. Well, good thing it's not racist at all anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> even to this day, I think it's one of the few industries I can have diversity in any industry, but it's one of the few industries where you'd be surprised to see diversity. I think. I don't know if this is bigotry, like self-hating Arabness or whatever. But when one of my Arab friends is like, "I want to be a cop," I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> Why are you going to be a traitor like that? (laughs) No, honestly, as long as I am killed by a, like a female girl boss cop, I'm okay with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's definitely that. That's, that's touching on diversity. You know what I mean? I think that's, you're, you're contributing to a better world by getting shot by a female. So, um, coronavirus how's that going it's going it's going good it's going good i mean it's kind of been insane like i'm one of the lucky ones where i've been working from home but it's been quite ridiculous the widespread effect that this has had on every facet of society and it just took every single problem and every single kind of suspicion or question that I think a lot of people have had and kind of buried in the back of their minds because they're like, whatever, it's just the way it is. And it brought them straight to the surface. You know, yeah. I would be pretty surprised if people looked at automation and industrialization and thought, okay, so we're making the same amount of things with fewer people. How is that going to be sustainable? You know what I mean? We've sustained the population with everybody working completely manual jobs. And then we've cut that down to 10% of the jobs being necessary. How is that going to be sustainable? Not everyone is going to learn to code or whatever, you know? And then everyone's just like, nah, nah, I trust in capitalism. And then they just like push that to the back of their head, you know? Or they're like, yeah, you know what, when it gets bad enough, surely the government's going to institute UBI and completely ignore the fact that, hey, $1,000 a month while this one person is collecting billions with his ability to institute automation is is not sustainable. Well, I heard that Bezos has added $40 billion to his personal wealth. So not even Amazon, the company, but Bezos himself. His workers don't have PPE. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. And they've been like, like so much 
ridiculous news has come out surrounding Amazon. And even Whole Foods was like, donate your vacation days to people who need it. Or Amazon, when they were like literally designing uh, a smear campaign against one of the unionized workers or the workers that was pro-union that they mm -hmm. fired, right? Yeah, I think his name is Chris Smalls. Shout out yeah. to Chris Smalls. I hope that's your name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been absolutely ridiculous. And I think that, that what it's done is kind of exposed all these vulnerabilities in society. And when the stock market crashed temporarily for like two weeks, a lot of people were like, yeah, that makes sense. And people were concerned, sure. But they were like, it makes sense. Nobody's going to buy anything right now. And right. then companies that were already shut down and started cutting, like furloughing workers, cutting their workforce, laying people off, started to have their stock rise. And that's when people were like, this is not a system to judge the economy at all. But I, I think I hope that's what people are concluding. I mean, you can't judge the economy if the same week you have 25 million people unemployed or something like that, or 17 million people unemployed. You can't have the stock market rise. Who's generating that wealth? Whose wealth is it? You know, well, who's it going to? Yeah, I think what people need to realize is that we're seeing two very different metrics right now. One is unemployment and one is the S&P 500, for example. So unless you have the majority of your money in the market, you're not benefiting from what's happening. And that's something like 80% of Americans and Canadians. So when you're told that things are going okay because the stock market is going up, that's not really the whole story. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it's astroturfing. Obviously, I have no proof. I have no proof that it's shilling. It could very well just be people earnestly believing this. Mm -hmm. But every time something comes out about how these hedge funds have increased their value by billions of dollars, people on Reddit, and that's like the social media site I mostly use. I'm sure you could tell just Same by here. the way I talk. Um, <laughs> But people on Reddit are saying like, oh, yeah, a lot of that is like 401ks and pension funds. And it's like, nah, man, 85% of the stock market is owned by 15% of the population. You know, yeah. these billions are not going to trickle down to you just because they tied your 401k into it. Laying mm -hmm. off 100,000 employees at Disney and getting $1.5 billion in dividends over however many shares Disney has. Those like extra $3 in your bank account are not going to help you, man. If you become part of that unemployment number, guess what happens to your 401k? It tanks. I mean, you, you lose it. Yeah. You have to start digging into it. Like, you know? it, It's amazing to me that these people do not benefit in the slightest, if at all, from these things, but they they defend them. It's like the same thing with becoming a billionaire, right? Unless you're a billionaire, you shouldn't support billionaires. You shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't. hundred percent. Aspire to be one, because the level of exploitation and dirty dealing you need to partake in to get there is not worth the money for any decent regular person. Yeah. Exactly.
And it's kind of ridiculous because even the concept, I mean, I know this has been part of the social media discourse a lot, but it's such a large number. It's unfathomable how I can picture what $1 million looks like. It's like, all right, it's a house in Toronto. That's a million dollars. But a billion dollars, a thousand of those, like, and like you can literally take away 99% of a billionaire's wealth or a multi-billionaire's wealth. You can take away 99% mm-hmm. and they would have $10 million. Yep. Which is more than anybody. And no one's suggesting take away 99% of a billionaire's wealth. $10 million, like sure. But still, like, can, can you imagine being at a point where if you lose 99% of your money, you're not homeless? Like that's nobody's life. <laughs> that's only a billionaire's life. You take away half of their wealth and their lifestyle doesn't change at all. At that point, you're like over $500 million. I mean, maybe I'm not imaginative or I'm not creative enough. But at that point, I don't think your lifestyle even changes. Yeah, but they need all that money so they can build rocket ships and take us to Mars. To take themselves to Mars. <laughs> what What does it say that people like them are exploiting this planet so much that they need to go to a different planet and it's like we need to see the planet because of the things i do so i'm gonna build this thing with the money i'm getting from exploiting the planet and leave (laughs) but that's that's the idea is if we're always trying to make people money someone's gonna take get the short end of the stick that always happens there's no way where everybody gets more money at the same time. Yeah, the way I like to think about it is everyone's obsessed with growth, right? If your company isn't growing, it sucks. If your investments aren't growing, you suck. But we live on a finite planet. So if we have like infinite growth forever, something's got to break. And... I think that's kind of what we're seeing now or starting. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that coronavirus has exposed is it's shown how much of the stuff that we took as part of the system and expected is absolutely non-essential and useless. The instruction that was given out with this coronavirus wasn't even that deep. It wasn't so stringent that it was like everybody just buy oatmeal. So just buy the stuff you need. Mechanics are still open. Doctors still open. Buy the stuff you need. Grocery stores are still pretty stocked with 20 types of pasta sauce that you need. You know what I mean? So many people have seen like just how absolutely non-essential car dealerships, iPhones, retail stores are. And investing the entire economy around these is absolutely ridiculous. Mm Mm-hmm. Investing the entire economy, your entire infrastructure, your pensions, all of that is all based around the stuff that nobody needs. Everyone could literally make a decision to not use most of these things or like use them to the bare minimum and their lifestyle wouldn't change. And that alone could like just tank the entire infrastructure. Yeah. And that's crazy. You guys are literally being propped up, not by like actually providing stuff that people need, but just by telling them that they have to buy it. 
It's like this weird circular logic that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really hope these last few months and the coming months will really get people to start questioning all these things that they've been told are true and all these assumptions we have in this society. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, one person was uh, making a point. Nobody's born a capitalist. You tell a seven-year-old kid, hey, do you think this sick kid should go to the doctor? They'll say yes. The little kids are going to ask, it's like, hey, why is that man sleeping on the street? No one's born. No one's born saying, ah, oh, man, that dude probably should have got a better job. Should have learned to code. No one's born saying that. Um, in Vegas, they had a parking lot painted so that homeless people could sleep six feet apart. Mm -hmm. And Vegas is full of hotels. It's full of empty hotels. So I'm hoping that people will start to see how arbitrary the living conditions of most of us are. Yeah. You know, and how like, fragile too. Yeah. How fragile. It's so ridiculous that it's so ridiculous to me that people are literally sleeping in the parking lots of hotels, of empty hotels. That's, yeah. that's, you cannot tell me like that's not a choice by somebody. That is arbitrary. It's not like the hotels are full. It's not like there's no space. Our construction crews can't keep up. It's completely 100% a choice by somebody, whether it's the government for not regulating it better, it's, or whether it's the owner of the hotel for not recognizing the situation and rectifying it. Whatever it is, like it's it's a hundred percent, like just completely arbitrary, relying on somebody else. If you still think nothing should change after the last two months, like you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. There's been so much selective reporting about it, like African Americans dying at a way higher percentage than the national average. AOC's district is getting absolutely destroyed. A lot more of the labor and a lot more of the people who are living paycheck to paycheck are unfortunately those vulnerable people of color. They're essential workers. They don't have the choice to, to be safe. There's always been, like with regards to African Americans having generally worse health care, that's not just an employment thing. You know, it's it's always been a racialized thing where even African-American women will die more often in labor because they're just not believed. They just don't believe them. You know, they'll come in with symptoms and they'll just be like, stop lying. And that's been completely underreported outside of a couple of like, oh, hey, here's a weird anomaly that we've noticed type of thing. It's not been reported in the way that's like, oh, the systemic issue that's always existed has been exacerbated by the situation yeah well like another thing to look at is okay say you were against medicare for all before coronavirus you got health insurance from your job and you liked your doctor or whatever now you've been laid off because of coronavirus are you gonna change your stance on medicare for all there's been uh, a weird complete lack of 
reflection about it. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a growing movement because of it. The only protests I've seen, and this has been kind of disappointing, but also commendable. The only protests I've seen have been from the right saying they want to go back to normal and they want their rights back. And I appreciate that it's really stupid to protest right now. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate that you should not be going out in groups, asking people to cough in your face because you think it's a hoax or because you think it's your right to get sick if you want to or whatever. But I really want like a movement to be built off this a little bit more in that even bringing over like not just other left leaning people, but also bringing over independents, bringing over people who see the inherent injustice in the system, even if, let's say, their perception of it is completely incorrect or their perception of the solution is incorrect. As long as they see the injustice or they see the the weird disparity in it. Yeah, I think that's enough. So many people were making fun of those celebrities for singing that song, you know, uh, Imagine, I think it was, yeah. by John Lennon or something. Yeah. Um, and it's like, go beyond it. Take it a step further. Recognize the absurdity of that being the action that some people think will help, you know? Yeah. Well, I like, you should... My take is that if this wasn't an election year, people would be protesting against Trump and stuff. But this year, they can vote Democrat, and they think Joe Biden will save them. But guess what? Joe Biden's not going to save you. The issues we're seeing now aren't because of the coronavirus. They're just kind of like boiling up to the top right now because of it yeah. but we're always there and you know biden said himself under his presidency nothing will fundamentally change that's verbatim yeah yeah and i think one of the biggest examples of that is the number of things that joe biden seems to be taken out of trump's playbook like one of the first controversies was calling it the Wuhan virus or the China virus when right. when Trump said that. And they're like, hey, man, calling it that or calling it the China virus is implicating Chinese people that are innocent, right? right. And not only that, it's it's validating racist assumptions and increasing xenophobia in the country. Like there were a spike in reported hate crimes against Asian Americans because they're just like, hey, man, I think you have the virus, you know, and we saw that in Canada, too. But yeah. like after Joe Biden came out with a video that said, hey, man, Trump wasn't hard enough on hey, the travel ban against China. His, his video was, I think, correctly labeled as pretty racist. Joe Biden is campaigning the right of trump on some issues i don't think that's a very good way to win yeah yeah like that's not like i get that he's trying to like win over the republicans but not by becoming a republican you don't want to vote between two identical parties Mm -hmm. and even the video when it came out a lot of people called it out for xenophobia and it was reminiscent of in 2016 
one of the debates was completely revolved around, hey, man, how are you guys going to tackle ISIS? This is a country that has no health care, has no real social safety net. There's mm -hmm. cities like Flint, for example, have absolutely abysmal water supplies. Native Americans and treatment of Native Americans is abysmal. And they're like, hey, man, how are you going to deal with like this other country? This terrorist organization that's mostly killing Muslims. They kind of like tried to go neck and neck with who was going to have the better plan on being more aggressive with ISIS. There was no, hey, man, we have to go back and realize that we're causing these conditions. There's no trying to diverge from it. Like they're both competing in the same direction. No one's taking a leftist stance and the other person's taking an alt-right stance. They're both competing for the same position of, I'm going to kill them. Recognize that like in a given month, 95% of the drone, tar drone victims will not be the targets. And that's under Obama's term. Yeah, um, you, you have domestic issues to worry about. Why are you spending time on this? Absolutely. Uh, I think one interesting exercise is if you know, like, a, a true blue Democrat who's going to vote for Biden because he's a Democrat, just ask them, what policy specifically is Joe Biden on, is Joe Biden better on than Trump? And I think you're going to find that they can't name one. The only thing I will hand it to Joe Biden is that I mean, before the Sinophobia video anyway, is that he's less likely to validate the feelings of racists. There's always been the KKK and things like that, but you didn't get Tiki Torch marches when Obama was president. Or if you did, they were against Obama specifically, not like Jews, you know, yeah. or not against the black church or whatever. So he won't necessarily validate the feelings or he won't validate the opinions of racists and bigots. So that's the only advantage I can see Joe Biden having over Trump. But even, even looking at like the way they both reacted to this coronavirus thing, Trump tweeted, liberate Michigan, liberate Minnesota. Yeah. And everyone was like, hey, man, Biden will follow the science. He would have handled this way better. Do you honestly believe that? How can you possibly believe that when he's the one who asked people to go and vote for him at the polls in, I think it was Michigan, right? That was the last, the last primary they had before Bernie dropped out. He told people to go and vote for him. He told people to go vote for him in Florida. He didn't divert any of his donations to coronavirus aid or coronavirus relief, whereas Bernie did. So on what planet is this person going to be with the science on anything? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. I, I um, think the only argument you could really make is, well, the, the people below Joe Biden in the administration will be smarter or more qualified than the people in those same positions in the Trump administration. But I, I don't know whether it really matters. I, I think a Joe Biden presidency is actually worse in the long run than another Trump one. 
because if he's elected, people will feel like it's over. We've done our jobs. Things are fixed again. But we know nothing will change with Joe Biden. And so we come back to this thing where it's like the crisis right now isn't coronavirus. Coronavirus is just part of the crisis. Yeah. You know, we and like, have to deal with climate change and a possible recession. And these issues aren't going to change if we elect Joe Biden. A hundred percent. And like, I think one of the things I was pointing out to a friend of mine was if we keep cycling between the two Democrat, the two parties, the Republican and the Democrats, if we keep cycling between them, then blame will keep alternating. The Republicans are going to think that, Hey, the reason everything is going wrong is because the Democrats are in place. And the Democrats are going to be like, well, the Democrats are just fixing what the Republicans did. Yep. And is there an argument to be made that like one is worse than the other? Sure, there is. But are either of them good? I think that's a much harder argument to make. Neither of them seems to be contributing to a worker's landscape. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What has Joe Biden ever said that makes you think your life will be better if he's president? Exactly. I mean, that's kind of the thing. And I was pointing out to a friend, I was like, listen, all these revolutions like the Arab Spring, or even like if you want to go as far back as the French Revolution, or the Russian Revolution, all the revolutions kind of depended on one person to blame. They depended on one person or one party being in power for long enough that half the country couldn't be like, it's the other team's fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a really good way to manufacture consent. I think Chomsky actually said something like, one of the best ways to do that is to allow for very expressive debate, but only within a very narrow range of topics. So if you get people who are literally almost like willing to kill each other, to vote Democrat or Republican, you're accomplishing that. A hundred percent. I think that if they vote Joe Biden, that's that's essentially what's going to happen is like the blame is just going to cycle again. To expect a movement to take off while Biden is in power is going to be difficult because whether we like it or not, the leftist movement is taking the Democrat party left. It's not going like a full circle, generally speaking. It's not a full circle from Republican straight to leftist. So if we try to create a divergent movement while a Democrat's in power, it's going to be a lot more difficult because people will think that that's kind of like aligning with the right. Yeah. Which exactly. isn't the intention at all. Yeah, exactly. There's a false dichotomy where if you're not one thing, you must be the other. That's, that's just not true. And the fact that that's the way people look at it now is, is pretty sad. Yeah, 100%. All right, guys, thanks for listening to Profits Over Profits. This has been a, a delightful first episode with Connor and Salah. We hope to see you next time. Thanks, guys.